Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and we are November the 20th. Uh, crazy how fast it goes. We're heading into the Christmas season at the garden center and uh, and you'll see that at all the local garden centers. Um, and I always find that the, the garden centers do a great job of all the Christmas stuff. You'll see stuff that you don't see other places. Because typically, um, all the manufacturers and they test out the products on us independents, and the ones that take off really good, um, then the big box stores come in and, and make millions of them. But right now, you'll see all the newer um, Christmas decor items and stuff like that. You'll see them in the independent shops, like Spruce It Up and the other garden centers here in in Calgary and stuff like that. So. Anyways, if you get a chance, check out your local garden centers. Always great to see. Lots of fun. And uh, I know they work hard at Christmas. And I got Terry with me. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. We, you and I, and uh, we were up in Red Deer this past week. It was the uh, Nursery Landscape Alberta Nursery Trade Show. Um, the Green Industry Show is another name for it. So Yeah, we got um, to just pair up there for a day and... Yeah, seen a few different things, and we toured a couple garden centers up there, and uh, it looks a little bit familiar, but a little bit different as well. It's kind of each each garden center does a little bit different, but yeah, absolutely um, do. Yeah, they had uh, their Christmas in in uh, full full decor out in the boat, so it it was looking good. So, um, and same same with us down at the store. I know the ladies and the guys and everybody down there has been. I've been working really hard at uh, trying to get uh, Christmas out and received and and then put out on display. And we got a lot of greens. Christmas trees arrived this week. And I heard on the news that there is still a shortage. We have a pretty good supply. We've gone local again this year. Again, there's definitely a, a, a lot more of a um, supply issue when you get into the the stuff out of the East Coast and 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 stuff like that, some of the older tree farms. Um, but we've had really nice luck, great-looking trees. Um, again, sticking local, supporting our Western Canadian economy. And, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the trees that we got uh, coming in this year, and they'll be coming in on this week. So they should be in – I think we get them in on Wednesday and load them. Should all yeah, be on display by Thursday. They're Douglas fir, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. doing a premium Douglas fir. Yeah, um, so got nice a few jack pines. Needle, nice soft needled tree, so yeah, they'll uh, they'll they'll be great as uh, for Christmas trees. Absolutely, yeah, and we we haven't done the ones from the east the last couple of years, and uh, I just find that the balsam is one that just dries out really bad. Anyways, the Fraser fir was nice. Um, but just harder to get, and the cost and the freight, it was just getting um, harder and harder to get. So we decided to to turn our uh, focus on on a local trees, what's available in our area, and uh, so and uh, we seemed to have really good success with it last year. Our customers liked it, and our price is actually coming down this year. Um, we've oh, nice. adjusted all our pricing, probably down. 20% almost on our Douglas fir on 
we our, our little local supplier that we've working with he was able to do it we're saving a lot on freight um so we've adjusted our pricing down on on some of the Christmas trees probably down by twenty percent. So oh wow, yeah, um, that's you're, great. you're not hearing that too often right now. I was going to so say that, that's never the case anymore. <laughs> no, we're we're fortunate to do that, and uh, we were able to to pass our savings and, and get those in line. Um, so looking forward to that because I know last year on a couple of them the price did jump up quite a bit. Even I was looking at them, I was kind of feeling a little bit like holy, that's. Ex- but it is what it is, right? Sometimes last year we were getting hit with such high freight rates. And then this year, again, if you look at diesel, all those truckers um, dealing with that, and I don't blame them one bit, right? They got to make a living. And and I, I still can't believe what uh, what people have to pay for diesel and especially our truckers and everybody moving all the food and everything around our country. It's it's absolutely crazy. So I feel for those guys. So again, trying to do what we can and, uh, and, uh, keep our prices in line. So, uh, and I know we work hard at that. So again, and that was sort of what that show was about too, is a lot of local growers, Western yep. Canadian. Um, I know you love that. You came home with a, a tray full of plants again. That, that always I, seems I, to happen to you, Terry. They always seem to follow me home somehow. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the folks at, uh, at Exemplar um, loaded me up with uh, some of the plants they had there uh, on display. So, yeah, that was a treat, um, getting to uh, drag some of those home. And so, uh, yeah, saw lots of really cool stuff, lots of new stuff that's uh, being introduced for next year uh, at the show as well. Um, and, um, yeah, so really excited to to uh, get into uh, receiving some of those for uh, – for spring of 2023 absolutely and then we've seen some of our long-term suppliers that we work with some of the bigger nurseries and actually i found a a new local alberta guy who grows succulents and cactuses and he has some of those uh um some different cactus so i'm going to look at getting him go up there um with a with a bit of room in my truck and he goes, no, he goes, you just come pick out what you want. You take it with you. And he yeah. grows. So um, I'm going to go up there and check him out on some yeah, cactus like things. a really interesting guy. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, got to meet a bunch of the people from Olds College as our team was up there the previous week or previous day at the Olds College job fair. And I know Mark and Luke and Conrad and Dylan went up there for the job fair at the college and, and Mark's um, going to be working with them and a couple of things on, on, on getting employment, getting people as they come out of school, getting their, um, their experience they need. And uh, so looking forward oh, to that, exciting. working with yeah. the, working with the kids out of there. And actually this was my son's first year and he's up at Olds college. So, I actually got to walk around with him with the trade show, so that's always exciting. And uh, he got to meet uh, a whole bunch of our suppliers, and and uh, I'm not sure if they are trying to get rid of me or what, but they're kind of like, "So, Derek, <laughs> are you 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 kicking your dad?" <laughs> so uh, he kind of had a smirk on his face. I'm not too sure if they got something going already, but but that's okay. Um, anyway, there, it, it was a lot of fun and it was good to see, good to be back at the trade shows. 
yeah, it feeling great, and touching it? and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, no, it was um, awesome to to reconnect with uh, with all those folks. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you're up there, we we did go to Parkland uh, Garden Center, nice little garden center. Yeah, on great the east side center. of of yeah. Red Deer. Yeah. Um, so if you're up there, check that out. And then we also went to the the newer bluegrass one on bluegrass. the west side. Yep. And the one of the gentlemen that works there for I've been in the business with him on and off, worked with him, and then he's been a supplier, but now he's working with them, like Kevin Mullaney up there. So if you're up there, say hi to Kevin. He's um working his butt off and doing everything yeah, great great facility they have there too yeah growing yeah. lots of different stuff so yeah um, pretty cool to see yeah so that was a growing operation that they've kind of turned into a retail so i i know they're figuring out all that and uh but they're doing a great job it's it's looking good we got our perennial or we got our poinsettias i was gonna say perennials we got our poinsettias in <laughs> this wish. week yeah gorgeous poinsettias again very happy our, our growing partners that we work with, um, beautiful poinsettias came in, and we got some of those um, prinsettias, I think they're called, and they're that really pure white and kind of a pure pink. Um, I, there was a few ladies in there just going gaga over those on on Saturday when I was chatting with them, and they're looking really really good. Our our poinsettias um, look gorgeous, and I know we have. Still waiting. Our ten-inch ones will be coming in this coming week, so we got those coming in from our from our grower as well. So yeah, looking forward to that. And those, and in talking with some of those guys that grow them, like a lot of people don't realize that um, your poinsettias, you got you start them in August, and so you get your cuttings in. You start them in August, and it's so so it's a long haul, and then you have to be really bang on with your light and dark and that to get the coloring, get the size going. So whenever you see those poinsettias, they're, it's a hard crop to grow. So when we There's see some them, work that's gone into them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. good to see those. And uh, I said, very pleased with, with ours that came in and um, they look great. So anyways, if you want to join Terry and I, phone lines are wide open. It's uh 403 nine seven four eight two five five that is our talk and text line and uh, we're going to take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening and let's talk gardening is brought to you by spruce it up calories christmas destination spruce it up green it up print it up we got you covered so terry and as we head into our our slower um, I guess less gardening time, but it's also time to do all kinds of planning and and different things. So we did see a lot of that um, at the at the at the show as well. Like a lot of the seeds, a lot of a lot of people pre-ordering their their stuff for the for the upcoming season. And I know you've been working hard at that. Um, but also, like, what are some of the things that you might do over the winter that um, will help you in the in the garden in the coming in season. Hello, Terry. No. Oh, okay, guess Terry. I don't know if we lost him or is he there, Renee? No. Am I off? Oh, okay. 
All right. Anyways, I will I will talk about some of the things that we do. And actually, I'm going to go to the phone line. I should have Diane on there. I'm going to go right to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hi. Um, I wanted to ask you about the plant that comes out at this time of the year called Amarella. I buy yeah, Amaryllis? Yes. Yep. I buy this every year because it has a beautiful flower on it. And then throughout the whole year, all I get is tall green leaves and, a, and the base is yep. healthy and everything, but I never get a flower again, ever. And I just so wanted what, to find... Yeah, find, they, you need to get them to go dormant. So what you need to do, Diane, so you're, you're great. If you got those big leaves, which is great, because that's going to re-energize the bulb. So what oh, okay. you need to do is... What what does it look like right now? Or do you have one going or is it I have a couple of them that are going. So one of them that from last year he's got really tall, thick green leaves, like um yep. Perfect. about three or four of them. And uh the other two, um I've cut them back a bit because I need room in my for okay, my so what you need to do so what I would yeah. do is just I would feed them with a flowering fertilizer right now. Like this, okay. like a 15, 30, 15 or something like that. Right. 20, 20, 20. Okay. Um, and then just, then just let them like water them, fertilize them, and then just leave them. Let them dry right completely out and let oh. all the green foliage die back. Okay. And just let it all just sort of get dried up. And then once all the green foliage is dried up, you can cut mm -hmm. it off on the top. Mm -hmm. And you can either pull, do you have them in soil or? Yeah. Okay. Soil. <clears throat> so what I would do is just pull the bulb out of the pot, shake off any of the loose soil when it's dried like that, mm -hmm. and then put them both into a cardboard box with some either dry cocoa moss or peat moss or something or, or just mm -hmm. really dry, dry potting soil. Right. And then just leave them for like 10, 12 weeks. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> so you I need have... to let them go dormant. Okay. And then they kind of rest. Mm -hmm. um, so you could even, if you wanted to, you could get them to bloom. So eight to ten weeks, so it would be like uh, February or March or something. So you could pull them out, grow them, okay. get them to bloom again in March. Um, okay. And then sort of go through that cycle. When they're done blooming, you'll get sleeves. And then mm -hmm. you could just do the same thing. Like, let me you get a few leaves going. Stop. Let them dry out. Put them away. And then again, so then you could get them back into the cycle where they'd be ready to go next November, where you could pull them out at this time and okay. do that. But you need at least that like two and a half months sort of thing to be dormant. And okay. uh, yeah, that so you could do me. that like, with with your mm -hmm. like your dahlia bulbs and things like that out of the garden as well. Okay, can I ask you one question? When you guys are talking about succulents, I have a succulent that's in about a two-inch pot. I bought him just on a whim because he was kind of, I don't even know what kind of a succulent, but he's he's been growing like you can't believe. Like he's got three bases and he's way over. Yep. So is this time now that I should move him into a bigger pot like a four-inch or do I just leave him happy in the container he's no, in? No, absolutely. Yeah, you can even, and are you getting little, you said you're getting a little side are there, like, yes. is it? Yeah. So yeah. you can even like when you pull that apart, you can mm -hmm. just break apart the soil, and mm -hmm. then you'll have those little babies or whatever. Right. Um, you could even – so if you wanted to put them all into one pot, you could – or just move that one into like a six-inch pot. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't go right to a four-inch. I'd probably go right to a six-inch. 
because okay. it's going right. to grow and, and, and it won't be too big anyways. And those other ones, the little babies, if you want to put them into two-inch or four-inch pots, um, you can do that at this time as well. Okay. I like it when my plants are happy and they're growing. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Yeah, week. absolutely. No, and it sounds like you're doing everything right, but that's okay. the only thing like with the amaryllis. They do need to go through that <clears throat> that, that uh, recharging period, so they need to go okay. dormant. And but it's important if because if it's been going for a while, you probably I don't know if you've been regularly fertilizing or anything. There's probably not much left in it, so you just okay. got to help recharge the the bulb. And then once you start letting it dry out, that triggers the plant too to take all the nutrients from its leaves and then okay. get it back into the bulb, and then you're then you're good to go. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you very much. I love your show. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it. All right, and then actually, I got a very similar question on the text line. Um, we have a, a text that uh, it looks—it's a bromeliad, and and she's starting to get babies out the side. So you you can separate that in a very similar way, and uh, but right now that one I would definitely look at transplanting that one, um, and then you 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 can definitely separate the babies on it. So same thing, pull it out, pull them apart gently, and let's just get a sharp knife like with the with the bromeliad and sort of see where they're separated and just run your knife like this straight down and then just let it sit, let it heal for a day or so and then transplant it back into some new soil and you'll be good to go. And that's a very unique color. It must be in a good bright light because it has this beautiful purple foliage on top. Um, looks awesome, so... Yeah, definitely do that. And this time of year, it's a good time of year to transplant. Like it's because they've gone through the whole summer of growing. A lot of times they're root bound, so it's a, it's actually a good time to to transplant. Look after our plants, get them transplanted into some new soil, and uh, and get them ready for. And then they can just grow up the the root system a bit over the winter here. And then get ready to to start growing again once the days get longer, and and we're gonna have that again soon. So, it's it's a good transition period for your plants to to do all that kind of thing at this time. But just ensure again, getting tons of people in at the store with the fungus gnats. So at this time of year, you we definitely want to cut back your watering like in half, like unless you have it in a real real bright light right out in the full sun or something that might continue on similar but still our days are way shorter and the sun isn't intense so you're, you're going to use way less water and it's easier to add so same thing just make sure you if you're watering once a week you're probably going to do it every two weeks now so probably half as much water as we go through the winter season for your plants so it'll help prevent a lot of that uh, fungus gnats any rotting any of that kind of thing um, but if you do get into those fungus gnats, we have those mosquito dunk um, tablets, and you can take those, put them into a, a water jug, and you can create your own tea to look after those kind of things. Well, we got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I, I do have Terry Kemper with me. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. 
Um, lost you there for a sec. Yeah, I do believe we do have the mushroom guys calling in. So I will just, uh, I'll make sure they have the right number to call in. And uh, and uh, they can come in and join us. We got the indoor mushroom growing kit. So the guys um, from Forage are going to g- join us. And, uh, and just uh, tell us how to grow these mushrooms in the house. Because, again, it's uh, one of those things that, people are doing and i i seen there's a big influx of people growing lettuce and some of the hydroponics things um so you can do a lot of that kind of thing in the house and uh and and grow some lettuce and because right now you can't get any at the store or or if you do it costs you it's a little bit expensive right now so yeah it's pretty dear we want to ensure so i was chatting with um uh, with you earlier about saying sort of what to do at this time of year. And uh, so it, 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 it is, it's a bunch of planning, but it can go by very quickly if you're not paying attention at this time of year with your time and, and what can happen and, uh, and how it goes and, and sort of do, what do you, do you kind of have a, a journal or do you, how do you deal with your garden? I know, you, you do a fair bit in there. So how do you, or you just go out there and you kind of tackle each day separately or. Well, I probably have like two or three, uh, um, sort of notebooks that I sort of, uh, journal in, uh, uh, and sort of throw ideas there, um, about, you know, things I'd like to do. Um, this is a good time of year for, for me, for, um, you know, looking at things that, uh, um, hey, I'd like to maybe do this, and then sort of building on that idea, sourcing some information, yep. and then sort of see how that sort of transforms over the winter. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I've got some definite ideas of some things I want to do for, for next year, uh, both here at the store and at home. Um, one of the things I really want to try um, this this winter coming up, uh, and I saved them last year and never got around to using them, but is uh, trying some of the winter sowing in milk jugs. Um, that's okay. kind of a, it's kind of a growing thing um, that uh, I've, I've heard and um, read lots about. Um, Amanda, who uh, joined us this summer, uh, this past summer in the printing house, um, she was a big um, winter sewing person, and she says, "Yeah, it works fantastic." So just think of the the cooler season um, annuals, um, flowers, things that require a bit of stratification. On them, so you know we get lots of people um, inquiring about poppies. Poppies would be a good thing to try uh, with winter sowing. So when you say stratification, what does that mean? Just yeah, to, for so our listeners, stratification seeds that have uh, a particularly hard shell around them um, need maybe a period of some freeze thaw um, to sort of um, break through um, that hard shell and, and get that seed to go um, or to get going. So um, that's essentially what stratification is, just breaking that hard shell um, exterior um, for the seed to start to, to germinate and do its thing. So um, so poppies being one, um, I, I did save some seed this summer from around the store, uh, some of the uh, some echinacea, which is a good candidate for that as well. Um, some verbascum, we had some, uh, or, um, not verbascum, though verbascum would work too, some verbena, um, yeah. some annual verbena. <laughs> So I'm going to try that. Um, and essentially all you're doing is you're taking um, just cleaned out milk jugs, um, making a, a horizontal cut just under the handle, and then filling your um, 
your container with um, a good um, seed starter, um, sowing your seeds in there, and then using a um, strip of masking tape, um, seal that seam back up, and then you're just dropping these things in the snowbank um, and letting that tree thaw in Mother Nature. They act like their own little mini greenhouse. Um, and the seedlings that come out of them are, you know, you don't have to worry about dampening off because they're, um, they're grown in a fairly hardy condition, so they're already quite well conditioned. And so, yeah, I'm going to try that with uh, a few flowers um, and uh, also going to try some vegetables too, some of the cooler season vegetables. See if I can't start some, you know, uh, some beets, some radishes, maybe some spinach, some of the lettuces, and uh, and give that a go. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. Like I was very fortunate years and years ago. I went on a garden tour in England, and and it was interesting. Um, if if anybody ever goes to England, a garden to go see, and it's a big old estate garden that the Royal Horticultural Society has reclaimed and and get it going. Um, the Lost Garden of Halligan. It's down in Cornwall. So it used to be like a big estate garden, and then it was abandoned for, for a number of years. And then the Royal Horticultural Society took it over, and and they rebuilt so many. But they have these pineapple pits, and, and they use spontaneous combustion, so they put all the manure. So it's no di- like similar to our compost piles when they heat up. Right. Um, so they use that, and they have these bricks stacked on the ground, and they have every second one is missing, so it can let the heat up. But they have a pit underneath it where they have this all this compost and and sort of manure or whatever they're using to get that spontaneous combustion going. So it's similar, like when our sod, if it sits too long, it just starts smoking, starts and like, up, like yeah. it creates a lot of heat. Yeah. So. Um, so it, it's kind of I, I, I haven't seen much of that here. So it'd be interesting to to try some of that and and what you can get grown. So then they had a greenhouse over top of it. So they had this pit underneath it with the spontaneous combustion heating it up, and they were okay. growing pineapples and stuff in England. And, and oh, on the, very on cool. the, yeah, so it was pretty cool. And then they had a coal fired wall, and with the greenhouse, so they had peaches and different things growing. And in this big walled garden on this big estate, so I don't know it was, it was pretty interesting um, to go through and tour that and sort of see um, when people you're just trying to adjust the climate yeah. in in certain areas in in your gardening area. So, um, anyways, if, if anybody gets a chance to, to to if you're traveling over in England, if you want to hit some gardens, if you're down in the Cornwall area, that's one to definitely. Um, stop and see because it's uh, it's phenomenal and just uh, again you could spend days there like and uh, you would probably spend a month there Terry but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it's pretty cool anyways we got to take a quick break and when we get back we're going to chat with Jonathan he's from Fortage of Mushrooms and uh, we're going to we're going to chat with him on uh, growing some mushrooms in your house you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I do have Terry Kemper with me. And we're going to bring Jonathan online. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Merrill. How are you doing? Good, good. 
how are things out in you're out in Victoria, I believe, or out in that area on Vancouver Island somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's doing good, doing good. It's finally gotten cold and uh I guess the frost has settled in. So yeah, I guess a lot of the wild mushrooms have kind of done for the season um except a few of the winter varieties but yeah it's been a pretty interesting year out here not not a very good one for mushrooms out here it was very dry just yeah just too hot and too dry eh? too hot and too dry yeah so i hope we get a bit of a bumpy year next year yeah hopefully i know uh some of the guys down east are getting lots of moisture (laughs) yeah Um, so so there is winter ones though is there some that can go through like for you guys in yep. a little bit cooler climate? Yep, there certainly is. It's a winter variety of chanterelle, um, which grows straight through. Uh, hedgehog mushrooms as well, which are another wild one you can find in the winter months. So, yeah, so there is, uh, yeah, only a handful. Um, and I guess the more choice varieties are generally in the in the fall season, which was really short, short this year. Okay. So for what you send out to, I know you just sent out uh, our fall shipment here to us of the Forager Gallery. Um, out of the other varieties and things like that, um, maybe give us a, a little rundown of what it takes to to grow some mushrooms here. And so they come down to the garden center, they pick up their mushroom kit, they go home. Um, so what do they need to do? Yeah, essentially, so the kits uh, have everything you need um, inside the boxes. So um, they have a detailed instructions, a little misting bottle, uh, and a humidity tent. So you essentially you will create a, a mini greenhouse out of the lid of the grow kit. Um, and once you do that, uh, you just simply have to cut a X um, within the grow bag. Um, there's a mycelium block inside, and this uh, introduces an oxygen source for the mushrooms, which will induce um, the mushrooms to start fruiting and producing. And yeah, within a couple of weeks, you just got to mist it a couple of times a day, and you'll get beautiful fresh mushrooms um, just in the comfort of your home. And the beauty of it is you can't really get mushrooms this fresh any other way. Um, being able to harvest them and cook them right away is is a it's quite a nice thing. But the shelf life is very short. Probably a little different taste, right? You get you actually get to taste the mushroom. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they do they do deteriorate, you know, quickly. You know, you got a week or depending on the variety, but. Yeah, having it harvest and then cook instantly is, is is quite an amazing thing. It's a different experience. Yeah. So actually, so what you're buying is a really a box of spores sort of yeah, thing, I guess, right? Yeah. And then you're, 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 mycelium, when you're watering, yeah. you activate them? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so what's in there is mycelium, which is the actual living organism. Um, so you okay. think of it as an apple tree. Um, the mycelium is the tree itself. The mushrooms are the apples, so just the fruits. Um, so, yeah, the mushrooms, they breathe oxygen, they breathe out CO2, just like humans do. Um, so as soon as you introduce an oxygen source, they will try to reproduce by producing their fruits, uh, which are the mushrooms, and then that's what we grow and harvest and eat. Oh, nice. So, and how long will a kit produce? Yeah, it depends on the variety, and, um, you know, there's a variety of factors, um, you know, the environment it's in. Um, but we've had customers have, you know, seven, eight flushes out of one of our kits. So, oh, wow. Yeah, we guarantee at least one flush from each of our kits, um, so you know it's going to work. And then, yeah, you can, uh, you can. there's a bunch of different experiments, which we definitely recommend. You can add a little bit more water into the blocks. Uh, mushrooms are built, made up of 80% water, um, so one of the things that will... You know, it will slow down production or stop producing. It's just it runs out of water within 
the mycelium block itself, so you can add a little bit more to it. Um, and then, yeah, just, just tending to it. And, yeah, and once it's actually done, which is quite a neat feature, we do recommend burying it in your yard, and there's a chance that they will continue producing where you bury it in your yard um, for, for seasons to come, which is quite an exciting okay, part Okay, so, so say, like, in Calgary, so right now we're, we're sitting in the end of November, getting there close to the end of November, so we, we've picked it up. Then we and we get it growing, and we go through a few cycles, and then all of a sudden we're into January or whatever, and it kind of seems January, February, it seems to be done. Um, at, at that point, what would we do with it though? Because in Calgary, we're not sitting out; we can't go outside and uh, and dig a hole for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think like uh, timing-wise, um, you know, it's usually a couple of weeks at least to let the first mushrooms start producing probably another week or two to, uh, for them to be fully grown into harvest. Um, and then for the second flushes will be, you know, another two weeks before it gets going, another two weeks to harvest. So it would be a couple months in, and then you can yeah. either just store it. It won't really die off or anything. You could put it in the, the fridge, um, and then once it starts melting down, the spring starts arriving, then that'd be a good time to, to plant it or spread it in the yard. It makes amazing fertilizer as well. So. Okay, so when, you, so when we plant it, you take it out of the box... And do you yes. just plant the whole clump, or do you kind of break it apart a bit into an area? Or Yeah, I would keep it together, so I just unwrap it from the grow bag and uh, yeah, just shallow bury it, and uh, you know, just in a raised bed or you know, somewhere with broken or shady area. And yeah, we've, um, we've been burying them all over our property for time. We just get random flushes of different varieties popping up in different times of the year, which is, which is yeah, really neat. Oh, nice. So um, out of the one variety that you have, though you'll get that same variety again typically in the yard you, it wouldn't change on you yeah no it wouldn't change it'd be specific to the i guess to the the variety the culture that you that you added so. yeah and actually I, I, I there's a pizza place in town here that does these fresh mushrooms so when i'm looking at the picture of the mushrooms on your kit right now and you have a couple recipes and things like that yeah. um, <laughs> i i get uh I get a, just a huge craving for this place that makes these, <laughs> has this fresh mushroom on the, on their pizza because it, yeah. it is because typically when you order a pepperoni mushroom pizza you don't get not a ton of taste but it's when you use some of these other mushrooms a little bit of more of the gourmet mushrooms you definitely get a more unique taste and yeah. and some different things added and then you and you're really seeing a lot on the news and different areas of how what mushrooms are doing for our health and they're actually finding out there actually there's lots of huge health benefits to to having mushrooms in your diet yeah it certainly is it's really exciting how much attention the whole sector is getting at the moment um very excited see what, yeah. what they what they find yeah we know they're delicious we know they're nutritious um they grow really well they grow on they're like agricultural waste products, essentially. Um, they're very practical, and they're, they're a wonderful meat alternative, protein-rich. Um, so I'm curious to see, yeah, uh, like what what they figure out more now that there's so much, so many eyes on on mushrooms and on the sector. Yeah, because before, like, and I'm 55, so we, we had the mushrooms that you'd have on your steak back in the day, and then you had a couple big ones, and then you had the ones that you would eat um, to get uh, high. <laughs> the magic mushrooms. So you usually had two or three varieties that you were aware of that uh, that people would have, but now they're finding even those illicit mushrooms are they're gonna 
use them in a lot of medicinal things. So it's it's interesting how how we're evolving into some of these things where um, there's big health benefits. So it's kind of yeah. cool. Absolutely, and it's just, yeah, it's kind of cool just to see the attitude shifting on you know a lot of people just when they say they don't like them or they fear them, and, and people are really starting to get more interested and you know want trying new varieties. And they are all so so different. Um, you know, okay. the mushrooms we grow in these boxes are very different to the standard white butt mushrooms that people know, um, and they're so delicious. Absolutely. Well, hey John, I'm just gonna put you on hold. Um, we gotta take a quick break here. And then we'll just come back and we'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the varieties, and uh, and what we're doing with them. And you're gonna and we'll if someone wants to call in if they have any questions about it, we can take any calls or text on mushrooms if you have any questions. Um, and we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I am here with uh, Terry Kemper as well. And we have Jonathan from Foragers Gallery. Um, they create mushroom kits. Um, Terry, I'm just wondering, do you have any convert or uh, any questions for for Jonathan regarding the mushrooms? Or um, well, I'm just just thinking here. I mean, uh, two things. One comes to mind is so friends of mine that are garden enthusiasts would be. Uh, I know what they're getting for Christmas now, um, <laughs> and. Uh, I think what a great thing to do with kids too. What a great winter project for for kids um, inside. I think that would be fantastic. Um, kind of you know sort of seeing where their food you know uh, they can grow their own food inside and seeing where it comes from. So um, yeah, I think that's uh, that, that's quite exciting. I think I'm definitely going to give one a try myself. I know we had one here in the store last year um, that um, we had um, we had going, and yeah, it was pretty impressive to see. Um, and, um, you were saying, uh, Jonathan, that the, um, so that from the time I start the kit up, it's how soon before I'm seeing mushrooms, it's just a matter of weeks or. Yeah, generally a matter of weeks. Um, it does depend on the variety itself and right. obviously the conditions it's in, but yeah, usually between two to four weeks, you should start seeing some initial growth. Um, but yeah, we say like we give it up to eight weeks just um, weeks, right. okay. by then. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. And then once that they actually start producing mushrooms or pinning, which is like baby mushrooms and right. so on, then it starts happening really fast. Um, and that's a really cool part about it. And, uh, mentioning with the kids, we have had lots of, um, preschool centers and university classes and that have, have them to study to, because it does happen so quickly. You can see noticeable change every 12 to 24 hours. They, they grow that fast. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so it's, it's quite amazing. I think that's why you often see mushroom time lapses. They're so ripe for it because they grow incredibly quickly once they actually get going. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, that's right. Jonathan, we have a question on our text line. It says, yes. good morning. How do you harvest the mushrooms? Do you cut them off, pull them off? <laughs> and this is from Karen. Yeah, so essentially you generally just put your hands um, beneath, at the bottom of the cluster of mushrooms. Um, you just kind of wiggle it and back and forth, rock it back and forth, and it will just pop off the, the sawdust, the substrate block that's below. Um, it will tear a chunk of the sawdust off with the cluster of mushrooms, and that's totally okay. And then you essentially just trim off um, any of the substrate that's attached to your mushrooms themselves. Um, 
once that's done, uh, you can put them aside. Definitely, if you're going to store them for later, uh, in the fridge, uh, not sealed in plastic, but just in a bowl or in a paper bag is the best way to preserve the longest shelf life. And then you just reset the kit and start continue misting it as you were. And within another couple of weeks or so, you should hopefully start seeing another flush of mushrooms start coming through. Okay, cool. And here's another question. Is there, do you have button mushroom kits? Uh, we or any of the varieties, the buttons? Yeah, we don't grow the button mushrooms, unfortunately. Um, the button mushrooms grow on a manure-based substrate, um, which is not something we work with. So um, all of ours grow on hardwood. Um, they're all hardwood lovers, so it's the mushrooms, lion's mane, bear's head, uh, and chestnut mushrooms. Uh, so, yeah, we don't, we don't work with those varieties, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that'd be a little harder to do in your house, too, because then you're bringing manure into your house and yeah, it might just have a little yeah. bit more of a... A smell to it, I would think. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, the good thing about ours is there is no smell. There's no yeah. There's nothing, nothing gross about it at all. So it's just yeah, literally uh, hardwood and uh, sawdust with some mycelium, and then you get the fresh mushrooms. So yeah. Okay, and a couple more questions here. How much room does it take up, and should it does it need to be in the dark or is it full light? Um, definitely not direct sunlight and not full dark. Just anywhere with normal ambient natural lighting so say just on your kitchen counter or on your in your office anywhere like that um lighting doesn't play in a huge role um fresh air is very important though um so the kits themselves they weigh three kilos each um the boxes are eight inches by eight inches um by six inches tall so you know not a huge footprint um but they they do produce a lot of mushrooms out of them so you can put it just on your tabletop or countertop you know quite easily and um, you don't need to coop it up in a cupboard or anything too special, really. Um, just, yeah, just with, anyway, with natural lighting. Yeah, which is perfect because it's uh, – uh, and then you're utilizing – and you can actually watch it, right? It's actually something out – sort of like a centerpiece that the whole family can take a look at. And yeah. uh, and we do have a whole selection of them um, down there at Spruce It Up. So I know you just sent us a fresh batch. So – um, looking forward to to seeing people come in, and we have them down in our greenhouse. So if you pop down, we have all the kits out on display and ready to go. Thanks, Jonathan, for your time today, and uh, and we got to go for for the news here. But again, we have the forager mushrooms down at Spruce It Up, and thanks again. We got to take Thank a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. So any questions, whatever, if you have any plants at home that aren't doing well, you can text us in a picture, and we'll have a look at that for sure. Again, that's 403-974-8255. Um, Terry, interesting uh, on the mushroom end of it. Kind of cool getting those kits in. Um, yeah, I think that's a great thing for the winter time. Um, getting into that, and we're going to get all of our microgreens. Um, that rack should be arriving this week. Again, so for a whole bunch of the indoor sowing and, and growing different things um, inside, if you want to do any of that kind of stuff um in the house throughout the winter as well so um we were chatting with uh, bobby and that from west coast seeds 
and that kit should be arriving this coming week. So we'll have it out on display as well. So um, again, try and keep the gardening going as much as we can in the winter time. And uh, so anyways, looking forward to, to that. And we seem to have a good interest on the mushrooms. So hopefully people can come in, get those kits going and, uh, and enjoy doing that kind of thing um, throughout the winter and, and enjoy that and make some uh, homemade pizza somewhere and <laughs> put yeah, some of those good, good mushrooms on there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the pizza places that, that I, I, I like it, it's, um, it's called Posto and they do a Neapolitan crust. It's sort of a, a nice little pizza, nothing crazy, um, but just super fresh taste. And the mushrooms on there just have such a good taste on them. So, again, local restaurant, tastes great. Give it a try. And uh, so um, as far as trees and shrubs, Terry, you, you got everything put away now for the winter? Um, yeah, everything all your tucked in. Yeah, tucked in and mulched. And so um, there it will sit for um uh, We'll probably, you know, start uh, shaking that stuff out of the ground. I suspect, hopefully, the latter part of March into the middle of April. Um, as soon as we get past the worst of our winter and um, we see the change in the season, so that's always exciting to see what um, what comes through. Um, we've sort of we're still trying to refine uh, our process for that, but yeah, uh, absolutely. We had a lot of learnings come out of what we did last year. But, uh, yeah, essentially, really, we've just um, sunk those root balls below the, the, the ground because um, the ground insulates that, that root ball in the winter. And, um, yeah, so I'm anticipating a, a pretty high success rate. That's Hopefully awesome. We, we can keep our little critters away from them that like to, to chew on bark in the winter. But, uh, well, yeah. Speaking of that, that, too, I just we had quite a few people, I had a couple people in yesterday, especially when you get this snowfall. Right. And and uh, and the and the critters are out. Had a guy come running in the store yesterday. He had a deer attack his larch. Um, so he was coming in to get some of that lac balsam to, lac to balsam. cover up the wounds. Yeah. So maybe. if you if you do get that again, you want to get um, you want to get yourself a good exacto knife too, and you just got to trim all that shredded bark off that they've if they've left it and it's all shredded you kind of just want to clean up the wound get it nice um and if you do have some copper spray uh even to mix up a little bit of that um especially if you're dealing if they've gone after any of your apple trees or any of those the prunus family um just to cover them up with a little bit of fungicide before but let the fungicide dry like ap apply it leave it for a couple hours let it dry, and then you can apply the lac balsam the lac on, top on top of, of it. it. Yeah, yeah, and it works really quite well. It's a it's a bark replacement. Um, it'll help with the healing of it because there's not much you can do when you get those animals do that. It's it's a little bit nasty, and they can chew up uh, your 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 trees pretty fast. And again, on the trees that are newly planted over the last three or four years, where the bark hasn't hardened off. On the bottom, go around the trees and pull the snow away from the trunk, so that way the mice and that can't use that sort of like that little mini parkade where they chew around and they'll and just chew the whole tree, all yeah. the bark off off the bottom of the trees. So you want to do snow farming, but that's more for around the root zone and around the drip zone. 
Um, but right up to the bark, you, you try try not to pile the snow right up tight to the trunk of the tree. Um, so go up there and pull the snow away about a foot if you can, and uh, and that way it'll keep it away. And then the other product is Bobex. If you're in an area where you got the mice and the rabbits and the deer, Bobex makes a huge difference. Um, it tastes really bad. It's a herb-based product, and uh, so apply that about once a month. And that will definitely help keep the critters away. And they will get used to it after a while. Like they'll get, they'll know not to to, to use it um, or not to come into your yard if it if it tastes really bad. They'll tend to go, okay, we'll go over to Bob's house because he doesn't have that on his tree. So they'll they'll go yeah. somewhere else. Well, they'll know that yeah, the stuff there does it just like a bad restaurant, right? They'll yeah. they'll know after a bit. <laughs> I've gone there a few times. It doesn't taste very good. So that's sort of what you're trying to train them to do is get them out of your yard. Get them out of your um, yard, yeah. Because I just seen that look on that guy's face yesterday. Just it was a bit of panic. Right? He was like, he was truly concerned about his trees. He came. That was what he came in for. He came parked the car. He came running into the store. Like, <laughs> yeah, I need some of that stuff. I yeah. need some of that lac balsam. So, um, so I explained to him how he's going to apply it. And he had a moose, and so again, some of those some of those bigger animals can do a lot of damage really quickly, right? Um, so you, you, you got to uh, do it, it when we're when we're trying to share the landscape with some animals and things, Terry. You, you, it is a bit of work. You got to do some things to sure is, help yeah. protect them. Yeah. Did he take home some bob eggs too? Um, no, he was just nope. gonna. He he had he had. Uh, the fix on the mind right away to get them to get them yeah. healed up. I did mention to him on the Bobex, so that'll probably be next on his list to, yeah. to no, come back good, and get good, that. Good point on the Bobex because I mean we we invest hundreds of dollars in, in our trees and shrubs, um, and you know Bobex is you know pretty cheap insurance to you know deter um, those things uh, away from our yard. So definitely a, a good investment to have uh, a bottle of Bobex on the shelf. Oh, absolutely, and and it, and it does work. Like, and that's where some of our regulations. I know I've mentioned this in the past, um, are, are very beneficial to us. Like, we get this because it takes so much to register a product in the plant category in Canada. That if that same product in the states, the Bob X, like, there's like eight different varieties, and they have one that's not as strong for certain animals. It's just way that they can sell more. Where we're fortunate, we get the 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 big daddy we get the one with that'll cover all of them yeah we get the strong we get stuff the full strength yeah yeah so important and so which is good so when you are doing it you can give your give your bark a good and you have to go up fairly high like eight nine feet kind of with a sprayer because you got to think that deer if he's getting close or whatever can can reach up a little bit higher so you do, you want him to get that first initial taste of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and help steer them away from that. And if you get lots, um, I would also recommend even some of the the stucco wire. Um, but that should have been done a little bit earlier. If you get to trying to get the post in the ground, it's a little bit harder now. But if you if you can get some of that stucco wire into the ground mm-hmm. in, in around some posts, um, will definitely make a big difference. Because some of them, it, 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 it is a bit of work throughout the winter if you're not around or whatever. So you want to help that out. And the other product at this time of year, wilt proof. 
for all your tender. We're going to have some really warm days coming up. They're talking about double digits coming up on Thursday. So that's a great day, or even these plus five. Get the hose out. Give your evergreens a quick little wash earlier. Let them dry off. And then uh, on your evergreens, like your cedars, your boxwoods, things like that, um, give them an application of the wilt proof. And that's like a lip balm for your tender evergreens. It'll it'll help preserve. It's an anti-desiccant, so mm-hmm. it'll help prevent. Because um, we, we were talking about that when we were in Red Deer, Terry, about how like up there they don't get the Chinooks, but they can grow cedars already yeah, just in Red Deer. Yeah, great cedars there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Really. And they're, I mean, just our neighbors just a little bit north to us. But, um, yeah, really surprised to see that they could uh, grow decent cedars there. Yeah, and it's not the cold that kills our cedars and some of that stuff. It's our, our Chinooks that we enjoy, and we love those. And it's that it, they just get desiccated with that warm weather, the warm winds, and we know what it does to, to our lips and our skin. So you kind of want to add this, and it, it definitely helps um, get some of our tender evergreens throughout the winter um, a little bit better off. And if you'd like to join us again, phone lines are wide open. I know we have a couple callers on the line that we'll get to here right away. Um, 403-974-8255. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we are going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Hi there. I um I have two questions or two situations for you. Okay. First, I'd like to. Uh, Tell Terry, oh my God, I'm going to be so happy to see you guys this week because I have a great big beautiful mugle pine that's trying to rest its weight on my roof. (laughs) Yeah, it's really serious. So anyway, um, I bought in the summer some blue poppy bulbs, a bag of them, and uh, I've still got them. Can I do something with them now? Um... Blue, so uh, the, like the Himalayan blue poppies? Pardon me? Uh, are they the Himalayan blue poppies? Yes, they are. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're all dried out, of course. Yeah. Um, you guys had sure. said something one time I heard about just uh, you could just throw them on top of the snow. Yeah. So so they're seeds, correct? Or they're they're like a bulb, a little bulb. Like a little, okay, yeah, a little bit different than, yeah. The, I mean, the the, the seeds, um, the, that sowing method on top of the of the of the snow, um, works good for, um, like a seed that that needs that, like I said, that stratification where you need to break through with a bit of freeze thaw for that seed to germinate. Uh-huh. Himalayan Himalayan blue poppies. I've not ever grown them, to be honest. Um, they are a bit of a trick um, in Calgary for us. Uh, definitely um, takes a, a bit of work to grow them. But as far as from 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 like you've probably got just that small little crown of the the plant there. Um, Where would I find the mushroom kit? I would probably. I think I would probably err on the side of. Um, how have you been storing them? 
Just just out in the garage. Just out in the garage, eh? Yeah, um, in the coolness. Yeah. I would probably... And they're called, I'd probably try and plant them I'd probably up. start them, you know, um, not right now, but bring them inside, uh, put them in the, 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 the fridge, put them in a paper bag and crisper, mm-hmm. um, and then bring them out probably, uh, I'd say, uh, February, March, and see if they're still viable. Uh, get them in some soil, plant them up, and see what you got there. Okay. I think that's the best um, course, I think, for those at this point. Um, but yeah, they are—they are a bit of a trick if they're the Himalayan blue poppies. Oh darn! Because they're really, you know, they're really a little bulb, really dried out. All that. Yeah, because usually we, when you're planting them, they're usually in a seed. So, like Terry says, you probably got just—it was a, probably a small plant, and then maybe you just got the crown of it. Um, so, if you even if you didn't want to wait, like either plant them, you could even try and plant it now. I try a few and, now and, and yeah. just sort of see. Do you, you just have one or a bunch of them? No, there's ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe try a couple right now. Maybe just take two of them and pot them up and see what they do and then do the other method, like Terry was saying, store them until spring. But let's see what if there's any life in them now and and, uh, and see what you can do. Okay. I'll give that All right. a try. Good. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks, Gene. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Um. We're going to go to, I believe it's Lee. Good morning, Lee. Hello. Hi, Lee. Yes, yes. Uh, How I can we help you? Pic- yeah, I sent you the picture of two pots of a flower pot. It used to be outside in the in the summer, and uh, yeah. they they didn't die. So I bought them inside in the garage for a few days, and then bring them indoor, and they still have new suit come up, but then. Seems that the new one come up is shorter and a lighter color. Is uh, do I need to give yeah, them something? Yeah, that'll be because it's it's lack of like a little less light. And those are those Alsterium, I think. They're the one with yeah, the pink yeah. flowers. Yeah, yeah, very pretty flowers. Yeah, so you just got to try and get them into a bit more light. Um, oh, so your okay. younger ones, but they're doing well. Like when those ones, the other ones are done blooming, just cut them off and let okay. that second batch come up from the bottom. It seems okay. to be coming up really quite nicely. Um, fertilize them absolutely with that 202020 is great. But okay. don't get them in the super, super warm. Like put them in a good bright light area. They don't yeah. mind it a little bit cooler. And that okay. thing will bloom all, all winter for you almost, I bet you. Because you got okay. a lot of buds coming up. It looks great. So yeah, just it, it looks good, but then when when the color is so 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 light, so I thought maybe, I well I think that may make some light, but then because we're in the, yeah, and that's what it is because it's underneath the other one. So as it comes up, yeah. it'll start lighter, but it'll 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 get more as it comes up. Okay, it'll, it'll darken up. So when I cut them down, do I cut them all the way down from the bottom? With the root yeah, top? I would what, take what? I, when the stem is done blooming. I would just take it down just below the other ones. Like oh, so because okay. it because it. Hey, I'm just trying to look and see if yours are branching out or they're just coming from the bottom. Yeah, they're I would just take the them bottom. down just below. Yeah, so I would I have, just take uh, them, cut them right down to the bottom then. Okay, because I have news to coming up all the time. Some of them is only maybe three an inch tall. But then, yeah. uh, but then when they go up higher, the higher they go, the lighter color it is. Yeah, so they're, they're stretching for the light at this time. So okay, ensure yeah. that you are feeding them 
and then just yeah. cut those other ones away from it so it can stretch up through it. So I should keep yeah. them closer to the window then? Yeah, a little bit more light for sure. Okay. Okay, Alrighty. thank you very much. Great show. Yeah, thank it looks you. great, Lee. Good, okay. good work. Thank you. Take All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's uh, yeah, looks awesome. It's nice to see some spring flowers, summer flowers, growing in the house like that, and uh, and uh, keep it going. Why not? And let's go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Hi there. I How have, can we help you? Um, hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Loud okay, and clear. Okay. Great. Oh, big question for you. I have a twenty-five-year-old indoor fig tree which was overwatered when I was away for the summer. And since then, I have been trying to dry it out because the leaves are drying out and just dropping off. And all the new growth comes in dry. So is there anything I can do to save it? It's about 10 feet tall. It's a beautiful tree or was a beautiful tree. Yeah, so it's is it one of the, like the fig... Like the Benjamina fig? Well, it's got um, sort of a variegated leaf on it. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, okay. Um, they do go through a drop period as well, so that's somewhat normal for them. Is it the one where if you trim any branch off, it'll bleed? It looks like uh, white glue coming out of it? Nope. Okay. Because I have, it has been dropping so many leaves, and I have been trimming them. There's there's no life in the little sprigs that are coming out or work. Okay. Are you able to text us a picture? Because I just want to see what kind. If it's the fig, um, typically when you do prune them, they'll get that w sort of a white glue will come out of the branch. Yeah, it will with the healthy, the oh, okay. healthy okay. limbs, yes. So what I would recommend is get some Rage Plus, and you might want to go in and cut all the deadwood out because... That way, same when I talk about outdoor trees, like we don't want to waste that energy okay. um, to the old growth. So you want to get in there and prune it all out um, and then feed it with Rage Plus, and that'll help regenerate the, the growth and get, bring your tissue back to life. It'll help heal all that tissue from it drying out. Okay. I will give the So you said Range, R-A-N-G-E? Rage Plus. Yeah, no, okay. like Rage, like all the Rage, R-A-G-E. Oh, it's a seaweed-based product. Okay. Um, it's a really, it's like super compost in a bottle. Okay. And if you need any help with the pruning, we do do indoor pruning as well. So okay. we can we can get somebody to your place and, uh, and prune that up for you if you need. Now, if I have to seriously prune it, will it re-sprout? Like, will the limbs rejuvenate? Absolutely. If there's, if there, and that's what the Rage Plus will do. It'll help get the tissue healed up and start pushing life back into some of those. But okay. we do need to reshape it and get rid of some of the deadwood in there okay. um, because so the energy's getting wasted on that. Done that to the to the tree. Yeah, and continue to water, like let it dry out in between waterings. Yeah. Like it must be in a huge pot or something, right? Like a. Yeah. Okay, and is this like in a big sunroom or? Uh, we have a lot of, we've got skylights. It gets a lot of light. Okay. okay. And it was very happy in that location for a long time. Yeah. 
So it just needs to get readjusted. It just needs to get reclimatized and uh, back on track. So the Rage Plus and a good pruning will definitely help with that. Okay, I'll give that a try. All righty. Okay, Thanks thank so you much. very Bye-bye. much. All right, and we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. This is Global News. It's 1030. I'm Christian Oldale. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is denying a report that he received a briefing in January that China was trying to interfere in Canadian politics. The Global News report cited unnamed sources who say the interference included funding at least 11 candidates in the 2019 federal election. Trudeau says he learned about the allegation when Global News reported it and that he has asked security officials to investigate and turn over their findings to a Commons committee. A Calgary soccer fan who worked on the Qatar World Cup committee has his bags packed for a trip he won't soon forget. Bruce Halliday lived in Qatar for 18 years and spent last, the last of those years laying the foundation for the computer systems for the World Cup. He's hoping that young people will be inspired both to play soccer and by the fan experience that comes from the enhanced technology. Prime Minister Trudeau says military intervention to bring stability into Haiti can't happen unless all political parties in the troubled nation agree to it. The United Nations has warned that armed gangs are terrorizing Haitian citizens and blocking access to critical supplies, including fuel. The U.S. wants Canada to lead an international military intervention, but Trudeau says more needs to happen first. Authorities in Colorado Springs say an attacker opened fire in a gay gay nightclub late Saturday, killing five people and wounding 18. The club said the gunman was subdued by patrons. Authorities received a report of a shooting at Club Q just before midnight and reported in minutes. A suspect was injured and the FBI is on scene. The International Atomic Energy Agency says it has received reports of renewed shelling in Ukraine's Zaporizhia region, the site of Europe's most largest nuclear power plant. Rafael Moreno-Grossi, the IAEA Director General, said in a statement that several powerful blasts shook the Russian-occupied facility on Sunday morning. Mix of sun and clouds today, we've passed our high of 3. Partly cloudy tonight in minus 2, and clearing tomorrow morning in a high of 3 again. It's 5 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Christian Oldale. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And got a couple questions. This one quick one, I'll just do a quick text. And it was regarding columnar aspens. Someone had a row of them. And that's just a case of um, some trees planted in the wrong spot, Terry, eh? I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, no, I haven't seen that one yet. So it's just, uh, just too many? Is, is yeah, they good? had a row of columnar aspens, and they're just asking if they could keep them at... Um, the 20 foot range and it just once you start pruning them they just they don't like to just be kept like they could be topped a couple times to thicken up when the branches are small but to try and keep a uh, columnar aspen at 20 feet you, you could do it for a few years and it'll be okay but slowly you're just going to create a whole bunch of disease at that spot and and it'll just end up slowly dying back into the tree and uh, it'll definitely shorten the lifespan of that as well. Yeah, they're definitely not something that's designed to be, you know, topped out at a at a height that that we want. You know, um, be nice if it works like that. But uh, trees are pretty smart. So no, yeah, there's some you can do it, but it's continuum maintenance. And and with some of these softer yeah. woods like the aspens and stuff, they don't like that. Like you can do it with spruce. We don't really recommend it, but. Like some of those you can, but it's every couple of years you got to get in, get them shaped again, and 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 to do it you don't want to leave it for a bunch of years where you're where you're cutting into some thicker diameter wood 
and right. and that's sort of where you create those problems. So it's got to be done sort of right from the beginning, I guess, somewhat like a a, a bigger bonsai. Type Almost like thing. a big bonsai. So, I was just say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Hey. I am your worst nightmare. I'm a DC comic supervillain. I am the plant killer. <laughs> well, we're we're both pretty good. Let's see if we can help you out there. We'll bring you on the we'll bring you on the green side. Okay. So I live in a I live in a basement apartment. I've never been able to keep anything going. A limited okay. amount of lighting, about fifty degrees Celsius or fifty degrees Fahrenheit in the wintertime, my yep. place. Uh, so I'm looking more in general for anyone who's in a basement suite. What type of plant and how often do you water? Because I don't know what I'm when in the past I've been underwatering so the, or overwatering. The biggest thing with whenever you water, it's always with any plants, and there's not really a time frame. It's mm -hmm. when the when the soil is dry. Um, so I kind of I don't like putting my plants or recommending people put a plants on a on a watering schedule. Unless you're like you're in full sun and it's hot every day, like, okay, you can water that plant every two days. But most people's houses are different. Like some people run their house hot, cold, different humidity, different light. So mm -hmm. I always just recommend let all your plants dry out in between watering. So that could be anywhere from a week to two weeks to three weeks, and depending on the size of the pot. Mm -hmm. So... So really, and and what I would really recommend for if, when you're in the basement, Steve, is to get some lights, like get some full spectrum um, plant lights, and they can go bulbs could get right into your regular lamps, any mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff, and it's actually better for you as well because it brings that full spectrum light into your basement mm -hmm. and and into your home there, and so it's great for your plants and it, and it's good for you and it'll make it all the difference, so. And and you can do things like peace lilies, um, the sensevieria. There's quite a few low light plants that will do well. But if you add a little bit of light, you can broaden that variety to a to a lot of plants well, with a little bit of a, a additional lighting. So you mentioned a couple of types of uh, plants. You said low light. Uh, but, uh, yeah, plants. peace lily is one of the best ones, and mm -hmm. and a lot of people use that as an indicator plant for watering. Like if you happen to water all your plants at the same time, mm -hmm. the 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 peace lily will wilt a little bit, and okay. that sort of tells you when it needs to water. And that's the best thing. Like just let it wilt a little bit. The leaves will start going down. Mm -hmm. you, you water it, it'll perk right back up. It sort of tell you. Okay. Um, so there is, we have a we have a sort of a low light section at the store as well. But no, like I said, any, and we, and if you get any of the grow bulbs put into uh, some of your lamps and things like that, and if you have a plant on a table, it, that light will make all the difference. And like I said, it, it, it's good for you as well. Okay. Good to know all about right. the low light levels of your uh, store. I'm about to stop by. Yeah. And 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 the and the, and the everybody in the greenhouse knows which ones there. We have them in, in a couple sections, so the, mm -hmm. they'll be able to help you out. So you can definitely grow things in low light, and uh, and like I said. But if you want to broaden those varieties a little bit, you can definitely switch over, add a little bit of additional light into the into your rooms in the basement, and uh, that'll make all the difference as well. Okay. Well, thanks for the advice. 
All right. So that wasn't so bad, Steve. Hey, we'll get you. We'll get you on this green side here. We'll get you out of the dark side there and get you growing yeah, some plants. Really. <laughs> All right. Okay, Take care. Thanks, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. If you want to join us after the break, uh, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And uh, we have lots of good calls today and lots of good texts, so people are getting going a little slower off the start. Always is when they have a little cooler mornings. Yeah. Um, if, if you'd like to join us, we do have a couple spots open till the end of the show, 403-974-8255. But we do have Fran on the line. Let's go to Fran. Good morning. Good morning. And I'm enjoying your show as always, and I'm wondering you. if you can help me out with my peace lily plant. I know you're going to tell me it's a watering issue, and I've been very diligent about <laughs> not. Well, what's happening is that every leaf will start browning at the tip, and it just works its way down. And this plant's yep. probably five or six years old, and it's only about 10 inches tall because the leaves eventually die. And so Have you I've transplanted been, it at all? I have, because I thought, well, maybe it's soggy at the bottom, so I took it out of the original pot and replanted it. Yep. I'm still not having any luck. They're still doing that. And is I, there is there holes in the bottom of the pot? Like, do you have drainage? Yep, yeah. Okay, because typically a lot of times in Calgary, too, because of our hard water, um, sometimes if we don't have drainage, you get a good salt buildup in them. Well, I've got well that water that cause, I use. You're using well water? yeah. Yeah, that could be part of the problem, too, because a lot of our well water is very hard here. Yeah, we've so, got hard water. Yeah. Um, so maybe once in a while, if you could take it into the sink, take the tray off the bottom if possible, and and really give it a good flushing. Um, so I, what I think you're getting is this a salt buildup in there. And then that will cause a lot of that, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, the burning and the leaves like that getting going in like that. Um, so I think it's a bit, it's not necessarily a watery, it's a, it's, it's not a watering issue, it's a water issue. So maybe I can um, melt some snow? Absolutely. If you could do that, that would be awesome. Um, and then put the, put your plant into the sink and let the water flush it through, like let the water when you water let it go right through the bottom and even if you could do that when you water it every time um would make all the difference like instead of water halfway take it into the sink water it really well so the water comes out the bottom so you get the drainage and and then you'll water probably a little less often as well um but that will make the difference so it, it's probably a bit of that just that hard water build up so I, I would venture to guess if you look on the bottom of your plant pot, you might have um, some of those crystals and stuff like that on the bottom of the pot. Okay, I can try that then and uh, see if I can get this thing looking perky. Yeah, and try and save some rainwater in the summertime. Mm -hmm. If you could fill up a couple barrels just from watering some everywhere. of your house plants. Yeah, yeah it, it just it's unfortunate when you are in an area and depending on the water. Um, and and it, if you've had it tested and you were saying it, it's pretty hard, that it is hard on your plants. And uh, oh, okay. I know we, we were, and when we got our water tested, I'm on a well as well at, at the store. And we were very fortunate. We actually, they tested, it was able 
they almost said like it's like drinking water it's better than most of the the bottled water that you're by by so we're, we're kind of in a good spot um but i know if you're a little bit on the east side and south of calgary there's definitely some hard water spots for sure okay well i'll try a different water technique then and see if that improves it yeah, and like I said, flushing it through will make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Will this I'll help try uh, that too. drain that out? And uh, and even just poke some holes into the soil first before you water, and then mm-hmm. that will help flush it out. All right? Okay. Thanks for your help, and uh, enjoy the show. Take care. Thanks for listening, and okay. thanks for calling. Appreciate thanks. it. Bye-bye. Thanks, friend. Bye-bye. All right. We got time for one more here before the break. Let's go to Kim. Good morning, Kim. Hey, hey good morning, I have a question. I was very busy designing my wraparound deck beds and I neglected my Calgary carpet juniper that I have on the opposite side of the yard. And it is encroaching as I go to shovel the walks. Guess what? I'm shoveling part of the branches and I should have trimmed it down in the, in the spring. Didn't because I was too concentrated on this other edging thing around my my wraparound deck. So anyhow, it, I've read that obviously spring is the best time, but I mean, this thing is 25 years old. It's hardier than our heart. Can I trim yeah, it no, down? Yeah, no, you're, you're better off to, to do that now. Like just trim it. And I would go a couple inches past the, I go three or four inches past the sidewalk, so that way when the new growth comes out, it'll hide those branches, you know what I mean, oh. when it when it starts okay. growing again. And yeah. then you can just keep it trimmed at that spot a lot right, easier. Right, right. So <clears throat> I, I, I would just questions? get your pruners out, just go three or four inches yeah. past the sidewalk, just trim it nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, have I would do it question. to now because it's better than breaking it off, right? Like if yeah, you yeah, keep exactly. shoveling it, you're going to end up breaking the branches. Yeah, so, yeah. And I don't want to so, do that. And I'm tired of just nope. shuffling the walks and I'm shuffling the branches of this overgrown juniper too at the same time. So No, and it, and it happens quick. It's sort of before you know it, all of a sudden you got uh, branches hanging over the sidewalk and you didn't realize that. So. Yeah, just do yeah, that yeah. for sure. I think the variety is Calgary carpet, so it's harder than har har. So I'm thinking. Yeah, no, you'll so. you'll be totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you much, Lee. Okay. Enjoy Thanks, your Kim. Take care. Week. Bye bye. All right, and we got um, Terry. I don't know if you're on the text line. Have you seen this money tree that's on there? Money tree. Yeah, it's sort of one of the last texts that came in. She goes, my money tree's in bad shape. What do you think the problem? I will send you a picture, which she did. Um, for me, it looks like it just used up all the soil. I I would take that plant and I would transplant it into some new soil. Um, overall, it looks fairly healthy, but you have a few dead sprigs. I would cut those those ones off and and just I would just transplant it into some nice, good soil in mm-hmm. a clay pot they like some drainage on there you have the twisted braided on the money tree and it will need some fertilizer um you got yeah. it in the right spot and then just watch that you're not watering it too often as well um because it looks like it's maybe um been watered a little bit too much so i i would uh pop that out of the pot break away a bunch of that older soil get it into some nice new soil leave it for a day or two, let it all heal up, and then give it a good watering 
and then I would uh, I would hit it with a little bit of fertilizer, like a 10-50-210 or a Rage Plus, just to help get it healed up and uh, and and get it going that way again, and uh, and and hopefully get it healthy because it's it's just suffering from just salt buildup, lack of nutrients in the soil, yeah. just old soil. It's so a little tired. It, yep. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to join us after the break, phone lines will be open. We have a time for a couple spots. Uh, you're listening to, and the phone number is, sorry, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And we got uh, one call on the line that we're going to go to before the end of the show here. Let's go to... Verna. Good morning, Verna. Good morning, Merle. Thank you for taking my call. Um, of course. First off, I yeah. want to say how much uh, I appreciate, we appreciate your uh, program and how much we've learned from your guests and from you over the time. Uh, thank you so much. And But I have a question here. Do okay. you know if there is such a thing as a blue cactus? Um, yeah, there is. There is some of the varieties, and you definitely see it. Like it, you'll see it in the flesh on the outside. Like it's, it's really in very like a deep blue. Yes. And some of that will be enhanced with different soil as well, in different regions, um, and the temperature as well will affect some of the the coloring on on those. But there, there definitely is. I'm just uh, gonna do a quick Google on uh on that as well because i know we had some in um we did a big order out of california and we got these uh gorgeous um blue cactus wow and do you have some in now um i'm not too sure um terry do you remember seeing any of the blue ones in right now um they don't come to mind yet Maybe, maybe we could take a rundown and have a look, I suppose. Yeah, but we, we do definitely come down very we often put a few and enjoy your, in. your uh, greenhouse. Um, well, uh, it's a friend of mine that has beautiful cactus, and she has oh, many, many different colors. And she said, I cannot get a blue cactus. So I thought, well, I'll see if I can find one for her. Yeah. And, there, and, there is and such if, a thing if, as if a you blue come cactus, in and we, didn't, and we so don't have that. them. Yeah, so if if you come in and we don't have quite what you're looking for, leave your name and number with Jess yes. or one of the one of the people in the tropical section. Yes. And uh, I know we're doing another tr- another cactus order, <clears throat> so we can definitely get one in for you. Oh, and, sweet. And uh, so if you leave your name with 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 us there, if we if you can't find what what we have right now. Um, are you going to put that order in before in. Christmas? Will you be getting that before Christmas? I, we're hoping to. Yeah. Because well, I know Jess great. was we'll, excited. We might even she... take a run down this afternoon. Well, Absolutely. thank you so much, Merle. And again, you, this is the first time I've ever called, but listen to your program every Sunday. Most informative. Thank you so well, much. Well, that's great. Well, don't be shy. Keep calling in. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Verna. Okay. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Um, and, and I think that's what uh, we definitely get lots of callers, and we do appreciate because um, that's what makes the Let's Talk Gardening show work when we, uh, Terry and I are here to answer your call. So we do appreciate when people get up the gumption and uh, give us a ring on the on the line or 
or a text, Terry. Otherwise, you just have to listen to to him and I babble on about uh, yeah. stuff, which is we, we we need a little bit of stuff to mix it up. Call call in once, and you'll find that it's not too scary. <laughs> Absolutely, no, we 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 definitely won't bite. Um, we do have a little bit of time left. So again, with this warm weather that's going to be coming up the next few days, um, do a little bit of that snow farming, but don't push the the snow right right up to the trunk of the tree, unless it's like it's a big old spruce that's twenty years old that um, it's not going to hurt it, um, and the uh, a mouse or something doesn't want to chew on that anyways. Um, but Marty had a, a a good idea. What were you and him texting about there, Terry? Maybe you cover that really quickly here. Oh, with about the pail. Yeah. Yeah, he'd ask the question if he took a five-gallon pail and sort of put a slit down the side um, and wrap that around the, the trunk with that keep the rabbits and mice away. Um, and I guess it would to a certain extent. My, my only concern there would be that you just wanted to make sure you don't leave a void there where you could actually trap something in there that could actually go to town and um, and, uh, and, and cause some damage. Um, my go-to for that is always our... Uh, the removable plastic tree wraps, um, they're pretty yeah. cheap. But, I mean, again, uh, a great little insurance tool um, to keep um, you know, keep that bark intact um, th- through the winter. So Absolutely. Plastic, plastic no, I, I didn't mind the bucket idea too a bit because some of the rabbits and that, like even they get pretty aggressive. And the, and the, and the mice are down below if you, if you have it right up on the soil. Um, that might help out, and you could always pile the snow up uh, along the side, and uh, so you're still going to get the benefit of the moisture, which which we don't want to lose, right? Um, yep. As well, because but it's hard. It's 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 disheartening. I know in my other place where I was living before, um, the neighbor had a whole bunch of uh, apple trees, and it was disheartening because we just had a whole bunch of snowfall over that winter a couple of years ago. And when all the snow melted, um, the mice had chewing um, about six, eight inches strip off every one of the the trees in his yard. And it's just a matter of time before, because it had already healed over. So covering them up wasn't going to save them. They were pretty right. much done at that point. And it's just, it, it's a slow death. So you're almost better just to, to, to get rid of them at that point. And it's just kind of disheartening, right? Because it's all that work and money you spent and uh, got chewed up by these little critters. So winter protection and uh, desiccation protections key to some of the success here in gardening in Calgary. But right now we got to leave for now. Um, Terry and I will be back next week. All right. And we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR. <laughs> 